This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This episode of IEDA In Your Ear is sponsored by Hoosier Energy. I'm Lee Llewellyn. Today, I am uh, in a building adjacent to the Indianapolis International Airport, and I'm here to talk to uh, Tara Hoskins, Marketing Manager for InZone. So Tara, thanks for taking time to talk with me today and for sharing your thoughts. Well, thanks for coming out here, Lee. This is fun. I only got lost once. Uh, so, Inzone uh, is uh, is a brand name, um, mm-hmm. and and it really stands for uh, it really stands for something else. So, break down Inzone and explain sort of what we're what we're here for. What is this place? For those listening, Inzone is spelled capital I, capital N, and then a lowercase Z O N E. And I think you can think of it as. Um, a couple different ways, I think, um, that this is the foreign trade zone in Indiana, um, or, you know, getting in the zone. (laughs) Um, But the idea, it's just a cute little play on words um, that was conceived before my time. But I I, kind of like, I like how it's, you can interpret it a few different ways. So, so talk a little bit sort of in an overview, uh, what is a foreign trade zone? Because it's a very unique uh, kind of structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in general, talk about it, and then we'll, we'll talk about you know who uh, who it's intended to. But just in general, what is a foreign trade zone? A foreign trade zone. It's a physical space, and it sits in a building. It could be a manufacturing facility or a distribution facility, but it's a place where you can bring merchandise into this company, it company into this country, duty free. And you do not, these goods can sit in this building indefinitely until they are removed and um, hit the American marketplace. So basically you can bring these products into the country and you do not pay import duties on them until they um, leave the building and hit, they they are like set up for US commerce. So the whole idea is that if you are importing from one country and you export to another country, you will never have to pay import duties on those goods because they were never uh, absorbed into the U.S. marketplace. So, for example, it might be that a company uh, is bringing in maybe two different parts that that they're assembling mm-hmm. to do something else. So they're bringing something in from other countries, or mm-hmm. uh, and so and they're doing some kind of an assembly that would allow them to bring those parts in and not have to pay those duties when they bring them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if they're doing that and then maybe shipping them off after they've done that, then they still wouldn't have to pay duties on Correct. that? Correct, yeah. Or they can bring something in, so if they're bringing it in from another country and they're doing a sub-assembly, um, and then as they need them elsewhere in the state of Indiana, then they would take them out and at that point they would pay the duties, right? Correct. Okay. And what they would pay if they've been manufacturing basically in that facility, um, when they take the the goods out or with that that new product out of the you know FTZ generally speaking that duty they pay would be reduced because now they have a, a new they imported you know two different items um, it's now become a different 
thing. I guess to make it more tangible, let's say you're making it, you're building a car. If you're importing a steering wheel and brakes and components, you wouldn't pay import duties on any of those items. In the facility, you've created a car. The, the duty that you pay, and if you want to sell that car in the United States, the duty that you do pay on that car would be reduced. It would be, um, it would have a new harmonized tariff code. It would be lower, a lower duty than if, than what you would pay for all of the goods that okay. initially. So, so, so the combined, then the combined duty on that finished product may end up being less than if you were paying the individual duty on the parts as they would come in separately. That's a phenomenon that occurs a lot in manufacturing. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so the whole concept of the foreign trade zone is that it is, it's viewed as a cash flow mechanism because whether you're a distribution company or a manufacturing company, you will have some sort of deferral. And it's deferred naturally because you just don't pay import duties initially you know there's a there's a delay so but and and that would also then allow you to control those costs yes. based upon when you actually remove something from foreign trade zone absolutely because you can have items sitting in that FTZ indefinitely okay and I, and I seem to remember uh, from when I first started dealing with the foreign trade zone that it is it has a unique almost legal structure in terms of how the foreign trade zone is viewed within sort of the structure of the continental United States. So it, it's, in a sense, when you are in a foreign trade zone, you're, you're in sort of a, this is a wrong term, but sort of a no man's land. It has a different, mm -hmm. it has a different structure mm -hmm. because it's a foreign trade zone. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that very well. Yeah, it's as if you are not in the United States yeah. when you're up. Yeah, and the whole idea, the whole idea behind this program is that they, that the desire is to stimulate foreign direct investment to grow jobs and in industry here in the United States and to help companies compete globally. So you, the idea is to make manufacturing more viable and desirable through, by having these foreign trade zones, if that makes sense. Okay. So I think, I, I, and, and again, I, so I think it, the, it's most likely that the companies you've touched upon this, uh, that are most interest, interested in this are manufacturing and distribution. Mm -hmm. So what kind of examples? Um, uh, you, we've talked, you've talked about car parts. Mm -hmm. But what are some other examples of how companies are, are sort of using the structure of the foreign trade zone? We have a lot of um, distribution facilities um, in a lot of different industries that we work with. Um, and, and what they do, what they do and how they do it varies because the processes are all different, the supply chains are different. Um, and this is where what I do is I really go out to companies um, I try to connect them with FTZ consultants who are the experts in how to organize and design the best way to use this program so that they can save the most time and money. But so who? But so but but you're targeting certain kind of companies. So who mm -hmm. are you targeting? And then mm -hmm. so so how would you present that idea to them about why this is a, an advantage? How do you even know who to start talking to? We talk to our partners first. 
and and I like to work with the lead we work with the leaders um, heavily to find out they're most clued in on what's happening in their in their own areas their own geographies who are the companies that are importing um, you, you know who do they think who, who what company might be internationally um, an international company you know what I mean that has the um, based Okay. In another country. All right. Generally speaking, they might be importing stuff from the motherland. Um, yeah, our partners. A lot of this is just kind of a networking and a relationship kind of business. This is this is a resource. The FTC program is a resource that could be helpful um, to companies. And so we just try and find our friends who might be help refer us to companies. I think that that's because it's a complicated thing that we found I think my boss Kent has found that relationship building and the networking is generally the the best way to go about because it's, it, this is not an easy thing to market it's not like um, you're selling uh, you're selling something tangible like a cell phone <laughs> that you know you can you know use traditional marketing methods this is something that it requires individual conversations really you know talking about you know as a company, who are you? What are you doing? How are you doing it? Where is your struggle? A lot of times, it's right now. It's the tariffs, right? Um, but again, so yes, it's not. So you're not marketing a cell phone, but mm -hmm. you would be marketing to mm -hmm. maybe two companies that are importing mm -hmm. cell phones or mm -hmm. that are importing parts to cell phones. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so again, go back and, and give mm -hmm. me sort of a profile. So mm -hmm. it would be companies that maybe are importing parts uh, mm -hmm. to, to assemble into a finished product. Uh, w would there be retailers that are going to be? That sure, sure. And, and what would be the advantage like to a retailer? It's the same thing. I think that um, for anybody that's bringing anything into this country, it, it's um, it's worth looking at the FTZ program. Um, I don't have a specific profile of who is most ideal. Um, the thing that we, the thing that we um, emphasize is that my boss basically said, "Hey, I'm going to stake a claim that anybody who's importing should probably look at this program." And guess what? I will pay for a cost-benefit analysis for uh, any company in our in Central Indiana to have this cost benefit analysis created so that they can understand what the costs are what the what the uh, financial financial and operational impact of this program could be now and over time so that they can make an informed decision on if this program is going to actually be a beneficial thing for them long term and so you know that's that's what my boss felt was really important was to give companies that kind of transparency so that they could really understand this is this of value and he felt that really if you're importing you should probably look at this take us up on this offer because and I guess I'll back up because um, I'll back up a little bit this program is very customizable and it's complicated and so a consultant is the person to work with companies on you know how to understand what it's going to do for them but generally speaking companies are going to find some sort of relief in about four different areas the first would be import duties which we touched on a little bit um, 
with manufacturing generally a, a duty reduction with distribution you could find a duty deferral or even elimination there's generally a um, relief around merchandise merchandise processing fees which are the fee that companies pay um, for the shipping containers because importing involves certain costs um, there's also a um, a, like a consolidation, I'd say, of brokerage fees, which is something that regard if you if companies are if you're not in an FTZ, you are paying you're paying that shipping container fee, you're paying brokerage fees for each shipment you're bringing in. With the FTZ program, you would pay those fees once a week, regardless of the volume of shipments you're bringing in. So there's again a consolidation of those costs that companies would kind of realize. And then the other area would be transport time. That's an area of pain for a lot of companies. Um, with the FTC program, those goods are they're transported in bond, sealed containers. And generally speaking, they can... This is a benefit that's subject to local customs approval, so it's not a guarantee that a company would be able to, you know, always have this. It's a privilege, but generally speaking, in Central Indiana, we've got a great relationship with our local customs officers, and so it tends to be granted that companies can just have their, their goods just brought directly into their facility without being inspected by customs. That could shave a day or two days off of transport time. All of those areas are potential areas of savings to a company. Um, could be like, like hard numbers or just an efficiency. Mm -hmm. And so these are areas of potential gain. It's just a question of how, what is, again, what are those, what are ex exactly those, uh, those benefits? So, so, so you're talking about really a very customizable process. Yeah. And so, and so I think, I don't think I, I maybe understood. I mean, I thought it was probably much more cut and dried. Mm -hmm. So what does that process look like when, when, when a company when you're approaching company or a company uh, approaches you to mm -hmm. say, okay, we're interested, how do we know if this is this works for us? Yeah. What does that process look like to figure out if this is the right fit? Yeah. What does that customizable program look like? How do you get to that point where, where yeah. a company knows that this is the right thing to do? And this is where I go out and I meet them, find out a little bit about them, talk to them in an overview about the FTC program, but then I basically want them to do to go to my website and on my website I have a list of FTC consultants that we work with a lot and we can vouch we have relationships with all of them now so but but what kind of so you say FTC consultants what what are who are they are they part of the foreign trade zone or are these private consultants who who have some relationship with you mm -hmm. what is what are those people these are experts in the foreign trade zone program okay. and so they are um, and they are certified and whatnot they are um, but they we also do have um, we will only put up resources on our website that are resources people we know personally and so we can vouch for their work and so we basically recommend that companies you know talk to us meet with us first and then you know find an FTC consultant on our website have a conversation with them they will prepare a cost-benefit analysis and they will do it um, if they have a charge a fee for that they will invoice uh, invoice us for that, okay. and so a company can have this report free of charge that will really help them understand 
um, again, just how that program would be applied to their particular company and what they stand to gain. So it's, it's, um, it's just a matter of, um, yeah, getting that report created. <laughs> well, so I'm trying to, uh, and again, it, my, my, my experience with foreign trade zone is probably dated. Mm. There's and, been a change. Yeah, so, so, I mean, what I remember is that there were, there were at least opportunities where, I mean, companies could do, like, sub-manufacturing uh, within, so we don't do that anymore. It's, yeah, it's a lot. This is a competitive differentiator for Indiana at this point. We have um, 100% of our state it has what's covered, what's called ASF coverage, Alternative Site Framework. And this is, um, we're I think one of two states in the country that has this capability. Basically a company can come to the state of Indiana and they can establish a foreign trade zone anywhere within the state of Indiana, wherever they want to. Hmm. So you, I think it used to be that you'd have to go to a certain business park or a certain part of the city or country, county. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, I mean, I remember it as being a very, very specific location. Yeah. Like here in Indianapolis, I mean, it was a very specific uh, warehouse facility. Yeah. And you and companies would have a specific area within that, that would be designated for them and that's where they would do their sub-assembly or they would do whatever and you're telling me that that uh, uh, an individual company can have that foreign trade zone designation within their facility anywhere they want to go okay. yeah so that's it, it's a flexibility that um, that you know and this is why my boss Kent Ebbing did a lot of work to um, get the approvals and clearances and, and permissions, all that legal, I think, paperwork to provide this kind of access. It's all about being much more customer friendly okay. and customer centric. So yeah, it used to be you had to do exactly what you did, what you were saying, Lee, going to a certain, you know, certain business park, a certain location right. that was the FTZ? Well, yeah, now, and I mean, it was a very specific place. It had mm -hmm. very, and it was a very secure place, and, and you had to, I mean, you had to, uh, you didn't have to show paperwork to get in, but you but you had to, yeah. you had to go through a process to even enter the thing because you were entering a very secure, legally defined area in a very specific building. And now you can create that secure, legally defined building in a building anywhere in the state of Indiana. Okay. All right. And that's the idea is uh, to give companies that flexibility and make it work for them. So how is that monitored? Because I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, it was a different, I mean, it was a different process, but it was because it was in a secure, specific facility. Mm -hmm. Obviously, somebody at that point was able to monitor sort of what's coming in, what's going out, and whatever. So, so how does that how does that work if it's within my facility and stuff is coming in and going out, with all the rest of the stuff that's coming in and going out? It's you still have to have those security requirements and 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 everything. It's, so I think those protocols still exist. It just I think the setup is different. We so the process if you want to establish a foreign trade zone, the process is the legal permissions and all of the approvals with all the various entities that 
a company would go through that process with me and I would take the request before my organization's board and then the Indianapolis Airport Authority board and then we get filed, the consultant will file the application with the FTZ board. There's a certain process with designation. The activation stage is what a consultant would walk a company through um, process of setting up the security aspects that like certain things customs requires. Um, having an operations manual that customs, you know, will look at and um, make sure it meets a certain standard. Um, FTC compliance software needs to be implemented so that you can file your entries with customs. Like there, there's a list of things right. so that you're basically establishing uh, a facility that is very secure and customs approved. So, that so is that as complicated as it sounds? It's really not. I think the most um, complicated part of it is the software integration, which is just technology, you know. But again, this is that is this that whole piece. Companies are never alone in this process. The first that designate, like I said, the legal stuff or the 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 the, uh, the various approvals and and whatnot that happens with working with me, and it's the consultant, the FTZ consultant, that holds a company's hand and walks them through the. Um, meeting the customs requirements so I think so I'm back to the I'm back to the FTC consultants so so those are they go through a, some kind of a certification process yeah I mean they 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 have been and I can't tell you the ins and outs of how they're qualified okay. but just know that they and they're qualified through through the federal government, or they're qualified through your through your entity. Not through us. I okay. mean, they they have to meet okay. various specifications. But 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 those folks that have that qualification, they're listed on your website. So that yes. would be a place where that would be a way people could find them. Under the resource section in our website, okay. we've got various drop down menus. Um, everything from how do you find a three hundred one bond? You know, the, how to find like. Um, you know all the resources how to find FTZ compliance software okay you know. all right all right so you've touched upon you've touched upon some of these things I mean so there is mm -hmm. the duty reduction mm -hmm. uh, there's control but but if you were again so you're making the sales pitch to a company about why they should consider this mm -hmm. what would be the, the core advantages or some of the core uh, reasons why a company might think about mm -hmm. setting up a foreign trade zone the biggest thing is, um, I think, location, 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 in that they can be located anywhere. Uh, there are five grantees within the state of Indiana. We have um, our service area, Central Indiana, which is, you know, 60 miles or 90 minutes from where the Indianapolis airport is located because it is the grantee. But if a company was to locate in, you know, any of the other I mean, we have so somewhere near Fort Wayne, for example. Yeah, the city of Fort Wayne is a grantee, you know, and the ports of Indiana have the three other corners of the state. They would work with the grantee that it's located in that area. So, I mean, the you know, there is that flexibility piece. If a company has a foreign trade zone in another state, or if they have a you know, a, a, in Indiana or in another state, they can, if they need to, ship goods from one FTZ to another 
in what is called a for, uh, zone to zone transfer and that means that they can do this without having to earn, incur any import duties. Hmm. It's all about um, and it's even better if they have their um, suppliers like upstream and downstream if everybody they do business with, with is in the FTZ everybody's saving money. That's a great you know I, I, I believe it was BMW that did that at some point and and you know, showed it was remarkable gains for everybody. So um, this is one of those things that we think that you know, everybody in the automotive industry should do. <laughs> Get in the FTZ, FTZ because it could be such a cost savings for everybody. Because again, those duties just aren't really paid until the very end. Right. Well, so, in, but, but I would guess, maybe I'm wrong, but that most of the, the major automotive companies in Indiana are probably here. Uh, suppliers, mm -hmm. I mean, are they, are they part of that? Mm -hmm. uh, so what would be some of the, so those are the obvious. I mean, so that mm -hmm. seems to be very obvious. Mm -hmm. uh, are, there, are there kinds of companies Mm -hmm. that you've dealt with that are not the most obvious, obvious. that you would um, think of? I'm trying to think because we have a lot of pharmaceutical, a lot of uh, electronics, um, automotive, of course. Is there a, 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 I, I, a lot of 3PLs, a lot of logistics companies. I, we, have a, we have everybody from, you know, there's Subaru, um, Eli Lilly, very large corporations, and we have a three-person logistics company, and they're in the zone as well. There's no... Um, it's interesting because it, it really comes down to the, the numbers, running those numbers. That's why the report, the cost-benefit mm -hmm. analysis is so, is so important is because it, there's no ideal uh, customer. There's no you know, profile that says you would be perfect for the FTZ. Mm -hmm. Could be anybody. I think, um, I think Kent likes to tell a story about, I think a zoo used the FTZ for... Um, eucalyptus or something for the koala bears hmm interesting something like that yeah. it was it was something because because they they as you know the koala bear processed the eucalyptus it became an entirely different product <laughs> all right okay <laughs> and then all right. was, yeah, yeah that was his rationale all right <laughs> All right. So, so uh, you mentioned that that you interact with Lido directors. Uh, so, what's the process then if somebody wants to get a hold of you, or if they're interested in connecting you with a company, mm -hmm. or if if it's even just some of the IEDA members who want to understand more? So, what's the process that they would they would pursue as mm -hmm. far as getting started? Oh, give me a call. Just have a conversation with me. Um, and then if I need to come out and speak to, um, and I've done this with some, a couple Lido's, they'll, maybe they have um, assemble some companies in the county or, or whatnot, um, have everybody get together for a breakfast, I'll come and talk to, talk to everybody or a lunch. Um, it, if you want me to meet with somebody specific, if there's a, a delegation, a company coming in if, from another country, you know, I'll meet with meet with the team. Um, if you're pitching a company and they're asking about FTC, which is common, that just happened. Um, I've, that's happened a couple times where times where I've gone up and um, just been able to offer some words about FTZ to a company that's considering um, a location or expansion into a certain county or. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'm happy to help in any way I can, um, yeah, to just help explain the program and talk broadly about. So I think that's interesting, uh, though, uh, when you think about when, when a company is considering an area, 
being able to maybe include at least the inclusion of mm -hmm. the foreign trade zone as part of the offer or as mm -hmm. part of the pitch to that company especially since you know and again I don't I don't think I I mean I didn't realize that until we started having this conversation that mm -hmm. it does not have to be physically located yeah. in or at the Indianapolis Airport Authority. Oh, no. And so I think that, and what, and just out of curiosity, do you know what the other state is that has I that? I can't remember. Capacity? I think it's on All the right. Northeast. And okay. that's, I know, it's terrible. I should know this. Um, but it, I don't think, it's not a state that you would think of, I think. Um, well, I guess maybe it helps us to know that it's not it's not Michigan, Illinois, no. Ohio, Kentucky, no. or one of our sort of neighboring states. No, it's not like another state in the crossroads of okay. the country. But I, th I think that, um, and you'll see that there are, um, and I had a map, I just don't have it in front of me, where you can see there are portions of, of every state that has this alternative site framework. <laughs> They'll have parts of the state that, that have this, this flexibility. But then the other part of the state doesn't. And so, and there are a lot of grantees that just don't put effort behind the marketing and promotion of the FTZ. They're not spending a lot of time actively um, talking to people about it. So, and I know this just, just from, you know, I've been to con the FTZ conference. The FTZ world is a tight-knit world. And so every year, um, the NAFTZ, which um, um, they, they are a resource for trade and, and the FTC program, basically. And so it's where you kind of go to find out everything you need to find out um, every year. And um, yeah, I found that a lot of grantees just, they don't, they don't actively promote the way we do. And okay. so. So uh, to, to kind of begin to finish up here, how do you measure the impact uh, mm -hmm. of uh, a foreign trade zone on Indiana? I mean, what, 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 why does it matter, and how does it helping the state? It I lo thankfully I don't have to track <laughs> track the progress. This is every year there is a report that is made to Congress um, that the FTZ board, which is the governing organization, they make a, a they provide a report to Congress on the health of manufacturing and distribution as it relates to the FTZ program, and then you know by state they'll list you know kind of what are the top 25 states for within distribution, within manufacturing, with their FTZ use. And Indiana is, um, every year we kind of creep up and up, and we are the, Indiana is the 11th top, um, ranked 11th for FTZ. Um, like usage, use, like concentration. Usage in okay. terms of importing. I know okay. I can't find the right way to frame that. And then we're the 11th largest exporter of FTZ merchandise in the okay. United States. All right. But there are certain things that, yeah, there are certain bits of information that they track, and then they'll track for each state almost like a, a, a little profile. Your trade volume, you know, the employees that are employed within FTZ environments, um, yeah, your number of companies, your, your FTZ operators, your active sites. So, you know, they're tracking a lot of this stuff and then each year they're basically reporting on every state. Um, and then, you know, overall they've got um, national statistics on to the same effect. What's the trade volume in the country? How many, what percentage? I think we're up to 11 point something percent of all goods that are imported in the country pass through an FTZ, stuff like that. Okay.
Okay. But it's, but again, the importance to the state of Indiana, because we are a heavy manufacturing state, um, this is a program that helps, and I, I think I said this, when the program was created to stimulate direct, that was created back in the 30s to stimulate direct foreign investment and to support the growth of uh, business and industry here, growth of jobs and industry rather, in the country, and then help companies compete globally. That is, um, because we're such a heavy manufacturing state, the, the program really has a lot of value here because it really does help mm -hmm. with that growth. I mean, I know since I've, I've been in this job a short time, only two years, but I've seen a lot of our customers grow. They've, they keep, they're, you know, they're really, they're expanding their boundaries, they're adding more employees. I mean, I'm trying to think, and I don't have this number in front of me either, um, the number of jobs that were sort of created through the FTC program just in the, my first year here was a lot. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty That's a technical term, it right? Was, a lot. It was a lot. Okay. It was it was substantial. So I, I think that, um, and I think for Lido's, this is a really great tool to um, be able to lean on because it helps you sell mm -hmm. your region mm -hmm. as. And now all, all of us can use the FTC program as a selling point because you're basically saying to a company, you know, we are going to make it really easy for you to um, save a lot of time and money because we can establish this. We can establish an FTC right here. Mm -hmm. So what haven't we talked about that that you that you want to talk about? Just that importing can carries with it a lot of costs, and I think we talked about those specific costs and that the FTC program really helps alleviate those costs. Um, and it's interesting uh, uh, because I think we're going to see, uh, certainly as we, as we go through 2020, uh, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation has really been focusing a lot of its attention on uh, uh, foreign direct investment. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they are going to be doing a, a, an, an International Economic Development Summit mm -hmm. um, in 2020 to really bring in a lot of those countries uh, mm -hmm. that, that have established uh, a foothold in Indiana, that have a, a branch or that are doing something in the state. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that uh, certainly what they're trying to do is really promote more of that sort of international sort of back mm -hmm. and forth, mm -hmm. uh, both in terms of, again, our export opportunities, but then also how we are bringing those, those other countries in and mm -hmm. their processes. Um, so I think that probably the foreign trade zone program mm -hmm. is probably a unique asset, particularly since mm -hmm. it, it is now sort of sprung from a specific location around the Indianapolis airport. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, that uh, knowing about that is going to be, uh, again, another opportunity for economic development professionals to put together some some unique opportunities as they're trying to attract those companies. Absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. I think, t yeah, it's, yes. <laughs> okay. So I've been talking to Tara Hoskins. She is the marketing manager for InZone, which is the brand for the uh, Central Indiana Foreign Trade Zone. 
Um, or I guess legal name is Greater Indianapolis Foreign Trade Zone. Yes, okay. You know, uh, doing business as, I'm sure, as yeah. in zone. Uh, and just because we've been talking about uh, Central Indiana, uh, the foreign trade zone model is available throughout the state of Indiana. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so it can be accessed really probably where in, wherever anybody is in the state. Yeah. All right. And you would work with the grantee who really has a service area where, you know, where you want to be located. All right. All right, Tara, thank <laughs> you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lee. All right, thanks. <laughs>This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This episode of IEDA In Your Ear was sponsored by Hoosier Energy. Hoosier Energy is community focused. Hoosier Energy is a generation and transmission electric cooperative owned by your local electric cooperative that is focused on your community's growth and vitality by providing affordable, reliable, and safe energy through its balanced generation portfolio. This podcast is copyrighted by the Indiana Economic Development Association, which retains all rights to its content.